Okay, so we are going to talk about the salt and light that we are. Jesus said we are salt and light in this world. And that's what we're going to jump into. Um, our memory verse uh, for today was, or this week was Matthew 5, 13 and 14. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Who knows what Oneonta's name means? City on a hill. We are, our name is Community Gospel, but our corporation name is Full Gospel Lighthouse. Because what do lighthouses do? They shine for everyone to see. They shine the dangers that are out there. They shine the light so you know where you should go. So we are the salt of the earth. Anyone get really excited when they're told you're the salt of the earth? Not really, right? I mean, we've read that. Everyone knows it. Uh, it, it we were talking about what we were going to be talking about, and, and I said, I, I don't care. Uh, you know, Amy's like, what do you want to talk about in this? And I was like, give me whatever. Like, there's so much richness in the word. I, a lot of times I'm like, give me something that I don't know or know that much about. That way I have to jump in and I have to study. I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to pray. God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you've called us to be salt and light. God, as we dive deep into this, uh, Holy Spirit, just reveal what you mean. Show us ways that you want us to be the salt, that you want us to be light to the world, to our friends, to our neighbors, God. I just pray that you would just open our eyes to the calling that you have on us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I could literally read this and be like, okay, there it is, your salt and your light, the end. But I dug deep into this, and I was like, this is really cool. So uh, Matthew 5, 15 goes on to say, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light for all in the house. In the same way, you let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Some of you might say, whoa, hang on, Pastor. We are not saved by our good works, right? Amen. Amen. Thank God you are correct. I agree, for it is by grace we have been saved, right? Through faith, not so we can look around and we can say, hey, look what I did. It's all through what Jesus did on the cross. We are not saved by works, but it doesn't mean that we won't have good works, right? Let's really quickly go to Ephesians 2, just so I can, like, Jesus is the only thing that saves us. We cannot do enough. We can't do anything to get, to get us salvation. That is only a gift through Jesus. Uh, this is the story of us, Ephesians 2. Every one of us, this is where we started. This is where we came from. This is where we are now. And this is where we will be. As for you... Y'all were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. Does this sound like anyone 
here. And you follow the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's the devil. If you don't, if you're not following God, you're following the devil. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were craving, we were nature's, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And then something happened. We were deserving of wrath, then something changed. There was a shift in the heavenlies, and it had nothing to do with us. Verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of his grace in kindness. Who are we to show that? It says we've been raised up so that we can show. We don't need to show God. We don't need to show Jesus. We don't need to show ourselves. We are raised up so we can show the world. In order that in the coming ages we might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith that is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You were created in Christ Jesus. You live in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God, the God of the universe, prepared in advance for you to do. Amen? I believe that we, at every person here, has been called by the God of the universe for something in particular. And it says right here, long before you knew it, long before you were created, you had a purpose from God. We are not saved by our good works, but we are saved. But because we are saved, we should show the world who Christ is because we have good works. Amen? It's hard to show the world Christ's love when you're beating them over the head with a stick about, I don't know, you name it, right? Let your works that God is doing in your life show the world how much he loves them. Um, that was not what we're talking about today. That was just free. We're going to go back to verse 16. Um, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Okay, that's the passage we're talking about today. So let's just break this down. We are the salt of the earth, right? Uh, last week, Amy talked uh, through the Beatitudes, right? Uh, it said, uh, you will be blessed if you are poor in spirit, right? You will be blessed when you show mercy. You will be blessed when you hunger and thirst after righteousness. You will be blessed. Blessing was contingent on an action that we do, right? But that's not what it says in this passage about salt. It says, you are salt. It says, you are salt just by the very fact that you are my Disciple, And because you're my disciple, the Holy Spirit lives in you 
And because the Holy Spirit lives in you, showing you, guiding you, hopefully we're walking with God and we are salt to the earth. Now, what does salt do? Does anybody like salt? I like salt, right? Does anybody um, eat avocados without salt? There is something wrong with, I, I mean, you are a better person than I am. I love avocados. Amy's not here, so I can talk about it. I get in trouble. The, the thing that I most get in trouble for in my marriage is what, kids? Buying avocados. Because I'll buy, I'll buy avocados like 12 at a time. Like they were 79 cents this week at Aldi. Bro, I stocked up. So I buy avocados. I love avocados. I eat avocados every day. But I always sprinkle salt on them or something with salt. Because what does salt do to my avocado? It adds flavor, right? Good flavor. That's what, we're, that's what we are to do in this world. We are to enhance the flavor of those around us, right? That's what salt does. Enhance the We should add God's flavor to the world that doesn't know him, right? Because they might not have a relationship with God, but they have a relationship with us. And when the God of the universe and his Holy Spirit are living in us, the flavor of God is poured out to them, right? Now, they, the world needs God's flavor, right? We know that our ways are not God's ways, and his ways are not our ways. So we need to put some of his flavor in the world. And through the Holy Spirit and what he reveals to us, we can. The world can see it. They can see Jesus through the flavor we impart to them. That's cool, right? I mean, now who wants to be salt? I like the analogy of salt also because when, when you put salt on something, how do you do it? Do you just like throw it in or do you sprinkle it? Like my avocado is perfectly coated with a nice even layer of salt. So I take a little bit on my spoon and I eat it. It has the same amount as the next spoonful because it's sprinkled over and over. Whether I'm making a big pot of sauce or I'm making a little avocado toast, it's sprinkled. And I think that is what the body is supposed to be, sprinkled throughout the world. Because what good does the body of Christ do if we just stay huddled in our little Christian circles seven days a week 24 hours a day, what good is that to the lost and dying world, right? It's not. Sprinkle throughout society so that the world gets a little bit. When we go outside, like when our neighbor walks out the door and they go to shovel their sidewalk and a Christian walks up and says, hey, let me help you with that. They get a little sprinkling of Jesus. And then they go to the grocery store. And they're there just to pick up their groceries and they're greeted with a smile that just throws them for a loop because who smiles these days at the grocery store, right? But that Christian knows 
that they're not just there for a paycheck. They're there to spread their salt. They're there to spread the salt of Jesus with everyone they come in contact with, right? And then they get to work and they're complaining about the boss and their friend who just so happens to know God turns it around and is like, eh, and sprinkles their little salt on it. Like there are opportunities that we have because we are right there amongst the world we're living. We're called to be in the world, but not of the world, right? Because if, we, if we're in the world, we can spread the salt of God. But once we become of the world, we lose our saltiness, right? We lose our flavor, and we don't want to do that. People, a lot of times people have gone through difficult times. If we look back on our lives, like if we look back on like teachers, neighbors, most people will have somebody come to their memory that is like, I don't know what it was about that person, but there was something special, right? Does everyone have like someone that, fond memories and everything like that? That's what we should be like 20 years down the road when someone thinks about us. They should be like, I don't know what it was, but that Sean, there was just something about him, right? I don't know what it was, but Jessica, man, she had a light. And it was good for me, right? I talk with a lot of people um, who have been hurt, like real life hurts, hurts that get you down, hurts that if, if, if you're not careful can break you, right? I tell them, be to somebody who you needed to be, who, who you needed when you were in that situation, right? Be to somebody, find somebody in the situation you were in when you were most hurt. Find someone who's in that situation right now and be to them who you desperately needed but didn't have when you were in that situation. You know what God's going to do? He's going he's to turn that situation around and you're going to see how he can use you. He's going to get glory. You're going to get healing. And his name is going to be lifted high. And then you know what's going to happen? That person is going to meet Jesus because of the salt that you spread on them. And then they're going to go. They're going to find someone who needed them who needed someone like them, and they're going to be that person. And we're going to continually, as a church, as the body of Christ, walk out being who people need. A lot of times, we just stay in our circles. We lose contacts. We lose contact with the ones that need our flavor. I've lost contact with the ones that needed a little sprinkling of Jesus. Go find them. Rekindle those contacts. You are the flavor of the earth that the world needs. What else does salt do? Salt, we talked about this in um, youth group. 
And I was like, I was excited. I was like, I am going to start a clothing line that says, stay salty. That's good, right? <laughs> stay salty. No one's going to know. It's going to be like our own little Christian thing. Michael Judd says, you want me to bring my sweatshirt in that says stay salty? Guess I'm not going to make a million bucks off of that clothing line of mine. So what else does salt do? Salt preserves things, right? It keeps things from rotting. What does the world say when someone does something bad to them? I hope they rot in Jessica knows. I hope they rot in hell. Has anyone ever heard that? Yeah. I hope they rot in hell. We, the salt of the earth, we can keep people from rotting in hell. That's good news. Um, there was a guy that used to work for me, and uh, he grew up poor and a long time ago. He's an old guy now. Um, and he used to tell me how he, how he didn't have refrigeration when he was a kid. So they would get these Crocs. He, he was at my house and, he's, and I had like a, it was probably a 40 gallon Croc. It was sitting in my front yard and we had flowers in it. I didn't have flowers in it. Amy bought flowers and she made it pretty. And he was like, oh, we used to have a bunch of those. And I was like, yeah. Didn't really seem like the type of guy that cared about having pretty flowers, but whatever. And he was like, we use that for our pork. So they would take pounds and pounds of salt and they would line the bottom of it. And then they would individually put each piece of meat. You'd cut it off. It didn't matter if it was this big or if it was this big. As long as the outside was covered, it was preserved. And they would line the bottom with salt and they would put the meat on it, not touching, because if it touched, it lost the ability to keep it from rotting. But as long as the meat didn't touch and it only touched the salt, they would keep for a long time. They didn't need refrigeration. They would just, when they wanted something, they would go out there, scrape a little salt off, grab a hunk of meat, throw it in the frying pan, and eat it. And he didn't die. This dude, oh, I gotta tell you, he could eat anything and he'd never get like sick. I was like, remember like Al, I remember I used to work with Al Baldanza. Man, that dude ate anything. He was like, oh, I don't know, Fran made this a month and a half ago. Three, three weeks ago, she was like, get this thing out of here, it's rotting. You want some? No. And he would eat it. Mm. He was well preserved. <laughs> um, yeah, so they would, they, would, they would salt the meat to keep it from doing Just like that, we are to preserve the lost that the devil that the devil is trying to keep, right? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Who wants to be salt now? I've heard a lot of stories from people who are ready to give up on life. And someone came along and they spoke something to them. Or sometimes all they did was smile at them. And it was enough to snap them out of it get them going. It was enough to keep them going. You are the preservation of the earth. You're here to preserve the lost until they can meet Jesus. This is good stuff right here. But I don't think that's what the scripture was talking about. 
That was good. But I don't think it was what it was talking about. Um, let's look at Luke. Um, Luke was a disciple. Luke, this is Luke's. This is what Luke has to say about Saul. You know, the, the Gospels are the story of Jesus and what Jesus did, how he lived his life according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's why they differ a little bit. Because Gabor and I could go to the same thing and in 10 years tell the same story, but it's got a little different facts to it because I was in a different place than he was. And I mean, we were in the same place, but our minds were in a different thing and we remember different things about it, right? So this is Luke, I'm assuming, talking about this right here. It's Luke 14, 34 says, salt is good. I can agree with Luke there. Salt is good. But if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? That sounds like Matthew 5, right? How can it be made salty again? It is fit for, it is neither fit for the soil nor for the manure pile. Who wants to be salt now? But it is to be thrown out. Now Luke was what? Luke was a physician, right? Luke the physician. And so he might, he might look at when Jesus said, hey, you're the salt of the earth. Don't lose your flavor. He might look at it a little, little differently because he was a physician. That's why he, is, he says it is unfit for the soil because salt was used in the soil as a fertilizer, right? Does anyone ever, anyone have plants? Angini, is salt used as a fertilizer? I, not being a green thumber, I went to the Google. Gardenerspantry.com says it turns out that by adding sea salt as fertilizer to the soil, not only increased plant growth, but it improved yield. In your walk with the lost, is it a good thing to increase growth and improve yield? But also it resulted in healthier, more nutritious souls. I mean plants. They had a greater resistance to pests and disease, and they even had higher levels of vitamins and sugars making them tastier and slower to decay. That's gardenerspantry.com. That's not the word of God. So do we want to increase growth? Do we want to improve our yield if we go out on the streets and tell people about Jesus? Is it good to improve your yield? Yep. The world needs it. Salt makes plants healthier and more nutritious. I... We want the world to be healthier and more nutritious when it comes to knowing Jesus, right? Greater resistance to pests. Does the devil ever send pests our way? Are we better off if we can resist them better? You're the salt of the earth. You are the fertilizer of the earth called to increase growth and help show a greater resistance to the pests of the devil while making things tastier and decaying slower. 
That's a good calling, right? Luke also said that it is not good for the manure pit. Woohoo! That's weird. When we think of manure pit, we think of animal waste, right? Yeah. King James Version calls it, it says it's not even good for the dunghill. That's not referring to animal waste. That's referring to human waste, right? We are, we're doing a renovation at my house. Sorry, Ethan. Poor Ethan. He, we've taken away his bathroom. And we've got two, so we still have a bathroom. We still have indoor plumbing. We enjoy that comfort. But it's different now that we've got only half of the amount. But before there was indoor plumbing, before we had toilets, we had outhouses. And before we had outhouses, we had dung hills. <laughs> Robert's excited about that. So, it, it, but, but Luke says, if the salt loses its flavor, if the salt loses its saltiness or its savor, that it's not even good for the dung hill. Because, let's be honest, there are these things called composting toilets. I was looking about doing like a, an Airbnb, but it was in a spot, it was gonna be like off the grid, and you needed obviously some way to... So you had composting toilets, you could do different things, but back then, what Luke is talking about, they would relieve themselves, and then they would, right next to it, there'd be a pile of salt, and the salt would go on it to disinfect. Like lime, right? Use lime. Lime's a disinfectant, right? If if the if you have an animal that's dead, they they can't move it. Don't you like cover it with lime? Is that what you do? I'm asking the farmer. You cover it with lime because salt disinfects. But Luke says if it loses its savor, it's not even good to disinfect the waste that you produce. So salt is a disinfectant. Um. Oh yeah, we learned in youth group, fun fact, salt kills slugs. All you gardeners out there, you probably know that. But Michael, I think, was it Michael? Michael said that you put salt on slugs and it shrivels them up. So you are the slug shriveler. No, I'm just kidding. So um, we can, when somebody comes and they spew the lies of the devil at us, they agree with the devil. Because first what happens, the devil puts something in our brains. And then we can at that point say, oh, no, that is not from God. That is a lie from the pit. And we can rebuke it. But sometimes we don't do that. And the worst thing we can do is we can tell others the lie that the devil told us, right? But we're not supposed to do that. When, when, when people come, we can disinfect, disinfect the lies that they say, and we can tell them what Jesus says. We can speak life into their situation. When they get a bad medical diagnosis, and they say, Doc says I've only got X amount to live, and I'm going to suffer until I die. You can say, let me tell you about my Jesus. My Jesus wants healing. He wants life. Let me pray for you. Guys, I got to tell you, I 
can only think of one time where someone came to me and told me their life story. And I said, can I pray with you about that? Only one time did someone say, no, I'm good. Most of the time, even if they don't believe in God, and most of the time they don't, most of the time they're like, yes, I would like prayer. Because when people are at the end of their road, when they think there's nothing left, when you offer a little bit of hope, they grab onto it. He came to heal and to deliver. And then the God of the universe actually commissioned us to help him, to help him with his goal. It's powerful when you ask people if you can do something. What is something when you get a, especially now, it seems like everyone has a scratchy throat. What do you do, or what did we used to do back in the day when, you're, when you had a little sore throat? You gargled with salt water, right? And what did the salt do? It disinfected, it killed the virus, and it made you feel better. And a lot of times you were like, oh, that's all I needed. But if you didn't, full-fledged sore throat came on, right? So, you are, you're the disinfectant of the earth. Not very excited about that. <laughs> okay. Um, one more thing that salt does is salt heals, right? Salt heals. Salt can help reduce pain and swelling. It's used to treat burns, scrapes, bruises, cuts, sprains, and other injuries. Salt, what it does, it draws out the moisture from the wound so that your body can function the way God created your body to function and promote healing. Your body is created to heal itself. Salt helps bring that out. It draws out the toxins from the skin and it helps to relieve discomfort and promote healing. Well, that's cool. Uh, there's types of different types of salt. Who knows how many types of salt there are? There's a, there's a lot. Like you've got all these different types of salt. Um, magnesium chloride is used to promote healing due to its anti-allergic element when used topically. Potassium chloride regulates the moisture level of the skin. Sodium chloride reduces rigidity and muscle cramps. Calcium chloride um, gets rid of the ice on the road and eats your car. But it also basically works beneath the skin's layer as a remedial tissue component. Bromide provides a calming effect on the skin, muscles, and nerves. Sulfates naturally disinfect the wound. And, uh, and they have certain vitamins. And the Dead Sea salts has many benefits that can relieve acne, hives, psoriasis, dry skin, uh, different conditions, muscle aches, stress, and insomnia. Dead Sea salt can be dissolved in water and used as a soaking bath. Has anyone ever soaked in an Epsom salt bath? Or your feet are hurting and you throw them in some Epsom salt? Yeah. Does anyone have a salt lamp on their nightstand? Like I do. Janet and I are the weird ones. 
there are rooms that you can go to that are salt rooms and you just go there and you sit in them and the healing properties of salt just do good things for your body. You, you are the healing of the earth. You are the ones called to heal the earth. When someone says, I'm dying, you're called. <laughs> We've just talked about the first seven words of our passage for today. That's all we've got to so far. But that's good. But Matthew 5, 13, it says more. It says, but if the salt has lost its, its taste, how shall the taste be restored? Because at that point, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. If the salt was bad, they would actually just throw it into the streets and people would walk on it and it would be trampled back into the ground where it came from. It had no value to the world around it. We need to make sure that our saltiness is not lost or we are no good to the world around us. We don't lose our salvation. Like, it, it, things, topics like this are very hard sometimes because it could come across like, oh, if I'm not showing, if I'm not making disciples, if I'm not showing my good works, then am I saved? And I think that you can be saved and not show good works. But that's not what you're called for, right? I think that, that this is not a salvation issue. You are saved because Jesus died for your sins and you have made him your Lord and Savior. We're just not living our life in a way that we were created for, right? And this leads to discouragement and doubts and feeling badly. We are warned by Jesus not to lose our flavor, our saltiness. Because he loves you and he knows that he's designed you for a purpose and he wants what's best for your life. And I've got to tell you, when I first... Um, bought my business. Everyone's always said, don't talk about God, don't talk about religion, and don't talk about politics. And I had a big mortgage, so I didn't talk about God, and I didn't talk about politics, and I didn't talk about religion. And I was miserable. Because it's not who I was created to be. I was created to show, to tell others about Jesus. But because I was worried about not being able to make my mortgage payment, I listened to the lies of the devil. I listened to the world who said, if you want to succeed, don't talk about this stuff because it's controversial. Guys, I got to tell you, I love controversial now. It was, it was, I went through a pretty dark time when I wasn't talking, when I wasn't being who I was created to be. And then I was like, I just, something snapped. And I was like, <laughs> I couldn't stop. I couldn't not talk about it. And, I, and, and, and then, and then I, was, I was happier. It was just, it, was, it, was, it changed me because I was created to tell people. I was created to be the salt for people because they need healing. They need disinfecting. They need to... 
what Jesus gives us to give to them, right? So, so how can we lose our saltiness? Or how can we lose our flavor? I don't know if you've ever seen how they harvest salt. I like I, I, I like Williamsburg, I like the Farmer's Museum, I like the ways of old, like you know, the way that they used to do things. It was a simpler time. I would love to go back and just live like that. So I like to know how they used to do things back in the day. So what they used to, and they, they still do it. We were just down in, in, on Florida on the coast, and there's an area in, on the Florida coast called Tarpon Springs. It's just north of where we go. And um, sea sponges, have everyone heard of sea sponges? Like these are natural sea sponges. People dive down, they collect the sea sponges and then they sell them. But it's hard work and no one wants to do it anymore because you can just make a sponge in wherever and then sell it and it's like 99 cents and you're all good. So, the, so the, that art is slowly dying because no one wants to do it anymore because it's hard work. We don't want to work hard anymore. Um, but I was down there on the beach and I found one. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I was reminded of the, the story of the people that go down. And I was like, oh, it's such a shame that we, they don't do it like that anymore. And then I was looking at salt. And, and I was reminded of how, because we're in the, the, the salt water. I love salt water. And um, so we're in the salt water. And I was reminded they would take the salt water and bring it up onto an area that they've prepared. And they would sprinkle the salt water over the sand all day take them hours and then at the end of the day the sun baked it and they were able to go with a rake and scrape up the salt off of the sand and then they would then take it and purify it and dry it so then they they could consume it but here we're warned not to let our salt lose its savor because salt can get corrupted because sometimes if you didn't get all the sand out your salt wasn't good but even more sometimes there were people that would intentionally corrupt the salt because it's very laborious to get salt that way right so sometimes people would just throw extra sand in there sand kind of looks like salt grind it whatever but if the salt wasn't good at that point, but you wouldn't know it until you either bake bread. Sometimes you would bake bread and you would have, your, your, your salt wouldn't be flavorful, so you were just like, okay, whatever. It's not salty bread. But sometimes the consequences of having salt that had lost its savor could be detrimental to people. You could have bacteria growing where you thought, I had taken care of that. I put what I thought was salt on it. I didn't know that the salt wasn't salty enough to do the job. That's what's talking. And a lot of times we need to protect ourselves. We need to not let the influences of the world creep in to a point where we lose our saltiness. We need to be in the world but we need to make sure we're not of the world. In the world so we can show a difference, so we can show them God's saltiness, but not of the world, because if we become the world, we've lost our saltiness, right? I've heard lifeboats are needed 
in the sea. Like the Titanic, big boat sunk. The lifeboats were needed in the sea, but there came a point to some of them that the sea overtook the lifeboat and the lifeboat was no longer effective. And it sunk and people died, right? So we need to be in the world, not of the world. We can't let the world contaminate the truth of the gospel that we have. Or there can be consequences. Can we all agree that we are called by the God, called by the God of the universe to stay salty, right? Can we agree it's like that? How do we stay salty? We stay salty by walking with the Holy Spirit every day. Living life according to the principles and the lessons that Jesus taught. We don't try to take what Jesus did and conform them to what the world says now, right? The Bible is true. Knowing there, we need to know the word. We need to know what it says. So when the devil comes and says, is it really bad to do this? Or is really, does it say that? We can respond like Jesus responded when he was tempted, right? How did Jesus respond? It is written. But we can't respond with, it is written, if we don't know what was written. We can't know what was written if we don't dig into the word, right? We need to be like Jesus. We need to know who we are and whose we are. Amy said that yesterday. We say, we, I say that to the kids all the time. When we know whose we are and we know that he is for us and he is not against us, then we can fulfill the calling that he has for us. But you can't fulfill a calling if you don't know that he's on your side. If you don't know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, you're not going to walk out to the world proclaiming the goodness of Jesus because you don't know the goodness of Jesus. We, we need to fulfill a call, our, our calling. The world needs us to stay salty. Our neighbors need us to stay salty. Our coworkers, they need us to stay salty. Our boss needs us to stay salty. Our friends, our friends need us to remain salty. And our family, our family needs us to stay salty. The good news is this says, how can salt be made salty again? I gotta tell you, God. God can bring us out, back out of our unsaltiness and make us salty again. Repent, say, yo, God, I don't know how I've gotten from you, but I'm not where you want me to be. And I'm not where I want to be. First, we need to know that we're not where God wants us to be. And then eventually, we'll come to a point where we're like, I don't want to be here either. I want to be close to God. And when that happens, your saltiness is restored. 
you are now can be the disinfectant. You can be the healing that the world needs. Because let's be honest, sometimes we're not as salty as we need to be. Um, verse 14. I haven't even gotten into where the light of the world yet, and I'm out of time. I think we should wait. We'll wait. We will end with, we are the salt of the earth. That was enough to digest, right? That was enough. God, I thank you so much. I thank you that you have called us to be your salt. God, I just pray that you would, you, you would constantly, continually open our eyes, show us ways where we can sprinkle your salt on people. Help us, give us opportunities, make the way so when we walk in our daily life, we're just sprinkling your salt wherever we go, God. Help us be the healing for those that need healing. Help us dispel disease. In Jesus' name, amen.